About 20 miles off the southeastern coast of Brazil, there is an island. It's beautiful, it's lush, it's mountainous. It's almost completely empty of people. Very, very, very few people have ever even set foot on this island. The island's name is Ija de Quimada Grande, and it's pretty famous. But around the world, the island is mostly known by a nickname. A nickname which explains the real lack of human activity. It is called Snake Island. It is one of the most snake-filled places in the world. This tiny little island, one-fifth of a square mile, is home to about 3,000 golden lancehead vipers. The snakes can grow four feet in length, and they're one of the most venomous snake species in the entire Western Hemisphere. A golden lancehead snake bite will cause internal bleeding, kidney failure, necrosis of muscle tissue, brain hemorrhage, and death. So what do you say? You want to take a trip? I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we meet a researcher who has been to the island more times than she can count to see if Snake Island really lives up to its reputation. More after this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Jump into the world of Wildcrats at Philadelphia's Please Touch Museum. Explore the world of this PBS Kids series in the Wildcrats Creature Power Museum exhibit, opening May 31st. Discover animal habits from around the world as you swing through the trees like a spider monkey. Sneak through the forest like a jaguar, hunt for lunch like a platypus, and much more in this adventurous new exhibit. Get tickets at pleasetouchmuseum.org. That's pleasetouchmuseum.org. I remember that when I was a child, I remember watching something on TV, but it was like those, I don't know, like horrible things like, oh, the worst place in the world. That's Karina Bonsi. She is a biologist who works specifically with the natural history and behavior of snakes. And she grew up in Brazil. And growing up, she always heard these stories about the 100-acre island off the Brazilian coast. I used to hear those stories of the worst place in the world, the, the place with higher uh, amount of snakes and so on and so on. As Karina got into her career as a biologist and a specialist working with snakes, a trip to the infamous island, Snake Island, soon became a necessity. 
Her boss approached her in 2013 and told her that she was joining a journey out to the island. I, I didn't know what to expect because we hear stories and so on. So, but but I think that I was like more excited than than afraid. <laughs> As it turned out for her, Karina ran into difficulties before she even stepped foot on land. I think that uh, on the first time I went there, uh, it's funny because I hate sailing. Yeah, I get really, really seasick. So every time I go there, I die. And <laughs> the first time I went to the island, I was like already dying on the boat. And I was like, oh gosh, what makes people want to go to this place? It's terrible. I will never be there again. And then when I was there, like everything was so clear to me, like it's amazing, it's fantastic. And of course I want to come back and of course I want to, to work here. But despite the two hour boat ride and her hatred of sailing, Krina has gone back again and again, multiple times per year in the decade since that first trip. And she says, yeah, Snake Island, it's dangerous, but like, keep your eyes peeled. You'll be okay. Of course, it's a dangerous place because there are indeed many snakes and so on. So we need to be attentive all of the time. But it's not as we see on the TV and so on. So, uh, but of course, I was I was very attentive all of the time because we can find the snakes both on the ground or on the vegetation. The thing about Snake Island is that it's an island full of snakes, which obviously for most people, that sounds bad. But if you are a snake researcher... For people who work with snakes, like it's a dream come true because when we are looking for snakes in other localities, it's really hard to find them because uh, they are very secretive, you know? They, are, they, use, they hide and they, their color makes it even harder for us to find them. So going there, like we are 100% sure that we will see snakes. One thing that rarely gets mentioned in coverage of Snake Island is that it's actually home to two types of snake. The first is a non-venomous Savage snail eater, which feeds mostly on snails and small bugs. Karina says that in her dozens of trips to the island, she's only seen it a few times. It's basically, everyone ignores it. It's like the third Wilson brother of snakes. You know, there's, there's Owen, there's Luke, and then there's Andrew. They're very handsome, but like we don't talk about Andrew. The savage snail eater is, is Andrew. Of course, the Owen Wilson of the island, the most populous and notorious species, is the golden lancehead viper. And Snake Island is the only place in the world where you can find the golden lancehead viper. Karina says it ended up there because of a kind of perfect storm of changing landscape. 11,000 years ago, Snake Island was connected to the South American continent. But a rise in sea levels slowly isolated this select group of vipers on the island. And without any predators or natural threats to their growth, the golden lancehead viper emerged and thrived. The, the experiments that we have performed uh, have shown that. Uh, so perhaps that is a great reason for them to be so abundant in there. So they are, they're like quite sheltered, let's say. So there they are, on Snake Paradise. But being trapped separate from everything else cuts two ways. One problem is 
What exactly do this many snakes eat on an island smaller than Central Park? Luckily for all the snakes on Snake Island, they can get delivery. The Golden Lens Head feeds mainly on birds, especially migratory birds that visits the island in two different peaks, uh, the first one in March and the second in July. Twice a year, very foolish birds, who you think might have learned better at this point, decide that Snake Island will make a really good rest stop on their migratory paths. And that becomes dinner. For the snakes, the only real downside of these birds is that they are quite literally fast food. With these really fast-moving prey, birds that are able to just leap into the air and fly away, denying the snake one of its few really good chances at a, at a meal, the golden lancehead evolved a potent, fast-acting venom, something that was quick enough to keep the bird from just taking off and then dropping dead later in the ocean. The golden lancehead venom is what's called hematoxic, meaning it attacks the red blood cells. And man, it can cause all sorts of problems. Legend has it that it even kind of melts your flesh. But Karina says that it's a little bit of an exaggeration. It is as poisonous as the, the common uh, pet viper from the continent. So it's a, a venom that can compromise the tissues, the muscles, but they are not like so mortal, so lethal as people say, as long as you seek for medical uh, support, of course. If you do get bit, you really have to get medical help in at least three hours. This theoretically would give you enough time to make the boat trip back to the Brazilian mainland, but the Brazilian government requires a doctor to be present on any sanctioned visit. So it takes the boat ride and like traffic into Sao Paulo out of the equation. Thankfully, it would be a bummer to die stuck in traffic. I will say that even with treatment, the mortality rate from a golden lancehead bite is it's around 3%. So generally, just to try to avoid getting bitten is the best advice. But here is where we leave this delightful realm of imagination and terror and the fun of, of an island full of deadly venomous snakes. Because really, golden lancehead vipers are no threat to people. I mean, they live on an island, for God's sakes. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said of us towards them. We are a genuine threat to the lancehead viper. Krina says that poaching and black market sales are a real problem. There are these persistent rumors that the golden lancehead venom can help treat heart disease and improve blood circulation. While viper venom has been used this way, there's simply no reason to steal a golden lancehead to do this. All it does is threaten the snakes on the island. So it means the species is under nearly constant threat. Krina and her colleagues, they've tried to combat this poaching in a unique way. So uh, there are projects uh, which have been performed by other people from my lab, for instance, uh, environmental education uh, projects uh, that aimed at talking to the children from the public schools and talking about the island and the importance of the island and of the snake. And uh, because we believe that the children may spread this information to their parents, which may happen to be uh, the owners of the boats, or even the children themselves perhaps would become fishermen or something like that. And uh, so many, many things can can come from this 
from this project. And for conservation and safety reasons, the Brazilian government has limited legal travel to the island to only authorize researchers, meaning that almost all the reporting about Snake Island comes from people who've never been there, including myself, for example. And I think it's just much easier and more fun to tell a story about a terrifying island full of snakes than about a unique ecosystem under pressure from the illegal wildlife trade. It's just not easy for a place that most people call Snake Island to shake a bad reputation. (laughs) Even my mother thinks like that. Uh, there are not so many snakes because uh, when we when we watch to these TV programs, people believe that when we are walking in the island, it's like uh, if we were stepping on snakes at each step. So it's not like that. Of course, there are many snakes, but we still have to look for them. And uh, in specific times of the year, we may find more snakes or less snakes. Prina says one of the big focuses of her team when it comes to altering the perceptions of both Snake Island and snakes in general is really one of education. The the main thing is that uh, people need to understand that snakes are not the symbol of evil, (laughs) as they they tend to believe. And that, okay, they are poisonous, of course, we need to be attentive, we need to take care all of the time. But there's the serum, we can always get medical help, and it's not as horrible (laughs) as people say. Maybe all we really have to do is change our framing. Yeah, it's Snake Island. Long live the snakes. If you want to go to Snake Island, well... You can't, and also you shouldn't, unless you are a researcher working with the Brazilian government to support the snake ecosystem. You really don't have a great reason to be there. It is the Snake's Island. It is named after them. You know what happens on Snake Island? It's snakes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Baudelaire. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Jump into the world of Wildcrats at Philadelphia's Please Touch Museum. Explore the world of this PBS Kids series in the Wildcrats Creature Power Museum exhibit, opening May 31st. Discover animal habits from around the world as you swing through the trees like a spider monkey, sneak through the forest like a jaguar, hunt for lunch like a platypus, and much more in this adventurous new exhibit. Get tickets at pleasetouchmuseum.org. That's pleasetouchmuseum.org. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. 
So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.